have one more week of discipleship training. And so, uh, but those of you who are just getting the book now, you can start it like right now and go for seven weeks. Um, I'll talk more about that a little bit later. We'll always have the books on hand. So if you want them and you want to go through them, um, even very mature Christians have said, this is a good review. This is a really good review. So um, two more weeks, this week and next week. And uh, what's interesting is witness to the world. Be Jesus' light to the world. What a blessing that is to your life, to your family, right here and right now when we'll extend that and heed that, uh, that commission there. So uh, as you know, we like to get you laughing first, though. Um, I'm now doing two cartoons in case the first one doesn't tickle your fancy. Um, then I've got twice as much of an opportunity, which is nice. So um, try Jesus. If you don't like him, the devil will take you back. Oh, 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 that's Church of Christ. Okay, Whew. okay. Central Baptist Church, forgive your enemies. It messes with their heads. It does. And we can forgive others because Jesus has forgiven us for those that are in Christ. And so we can forgive others, extend forgiveness, and they go, there's a catch. There's a catch. You've, you've stolen my tires while we're in here talking, right? There's a catch as to why you're extending forgiveness. No, no, I just trespass a lot, and, uh, and uh, I just need to make things right. So um, anyway, that'd be my story. So okay, so that's kind of cool. Hey, my email. Um, each week, I send out an email, and it's, it's about specifics on main events, items to pray for, and looking ahead at a church perspective. So if you email me and say, hey, put me on the list, serve, and um, I'll do that, and you'll get an email from me. And at any time, if you say, stop these emails, uh, they're making me mad, um, you know, that's fine too. Or if you say, you know, better not to even start, um, that's okay too. Nothing political, nothing political, um, uh, just, just Jesus and, uh, and uh, what it is about his purposes and this church. Case in point, we started a, a, a prayer meeting in my office about two months ago. And um, we've had about three people, sometimes four, um, but today we, we birthed a new person. So, uh, so now we have potential of like four, maybe on some days five. That's the way God works. That's the way God works. So at 9 o'clock, if you want to come pray in the office, my office, plenty of seating. Matter of fact, uh, we're going to try to get the newest people to get the couch. Because then you can, like, lay back. And even if you doze off during the prayer, nobody's going to know. We won't open our eyes till 930. And so it's, it's all good. It's all good. If you snore, bring a friend. Because then they can, like, you know, they can hit you. But uh, so, yeah, so let me know. Um, just say, hey, put me on. And because uh, I think I, my email goes out to like 24 people, um, which is great, too, which is great. So that's, um, so that's awesome. Anyway, okay, so um, remember Paul Harvey? Yeah. Now, for the rest of the story, stand by for news. He did it so much more eloquently, but he also won a lot of awards for it. Paul Harvey, what was his motto? Now you've got the 
rest of the story. Thank you. That's right. Now you've got the rest of the story. So uh, I thought that was cute. And only some of you would get that because, yeah, it kind of shows the date, you know, or time that you were listening to the radio. <laughs> Woo. Hey, Onesimus, where did we leave off? So Jesus, right now, you've got some words for us based on your Holy Spirit's prompting. Help me uh, to get out of the way, to, that I'd be the messenger and a faithful one, and that we would say and uh, study the way you would have us study and the things you'd have us say, and that, Lord, there would be a blessing. We would leave greater, with greater commitment to you, Jesus, with just a greater potential to reach others and to know the, well, your desire to be a witness to the world. Oh, Lord Jesus, may it be you, your words, your everything today, in your precious name, amen. So where did we leave off? You go, I don't know. I wasn't here last week. Next question, please. No, 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 no. Talk to somebody around you and just review from last week. And you go, I wasn't here. Then, like, get into somebody who's talking about it last week because it was the book of Philemon in the New Testament. Whew. The book of Philemon is just one chapter. Okay, and we went through the first 20 verses. I kind of talked about the other things that happened um, at the end. It would just would have been too much. So take one minute and just turn to somebody and say, okay, well, Philemon, let's see, uh, ran a house church, maybe the pastor, maybe not, church in Colossae, house church, had a slave named uh, Onesimus, um, he ran away, and you continue it. You continue to tell somebody around you. Go ahead and do that. And he was, um, he was uh, uh, a Gentile Christian, and uh, he was uh, somewhat wealthy, and uh, he had a, uh, uh, a bond servant by the name of Onesimus, yeah. And Onesimus ran away, ran away and found the apostle Paul. And so, and so Onesimus then became born again, under the Apostle Paul's leadership. And the Apostle Paul had saw, had saw some potential in Onesimus. said, I could keep him here and he could serve me well. And we would like, uh, uh, this would be great. But because he left you in the circumstance that he left you, and it's a little conjecture there, I'm going to send him back so because he ran away from you, send him back to make things right. And so, and so he does that. But we never, we never figure out did Onesimus heed Philemon's instructions when he got back? We don't know. But yes, we do know. I'll tell you why in just a moment. We do know. We absolutely do know. Um, he did. He could have had him put to death. Roman law, he could have had him put to death. Roman law had to be strict. I'll tell you why. 
Because if 10 to 25% of the population were servants, bond servants, and we talked about who these people were, uh, why they were enslaved, uh, why some doctors, why some lawyers were uh, chose to be enslaved. But, uh, but if that many people rebelled, there would be a problem. So there had to be harsh consequences. That makes sense. But let's just look to see what happened because things went well. I'm thinking no, no penalty when he came back. And Philemon welcomed Onesimus now as a brother. As a brother. Take a look here. Okay, so Onesimus returned to Philemon with the letter carried by he and Tychicus. <laughs> Hello, hurry up, Tychicus. We're going to be late for church. <laughs> okay, but well that could, you know, anyway. Uh, together with the letters of the Colossians and the Ephesians. Colossians 4, 7 through 9. And so uh, Philemon accepted Onesimus back as a brother in Christ, not a slave. Talked about the Roman law issue there just briefly. God moved Onesimus up to an overseer position at Colossae, where at some point he received some great ministry experience. So you as Christians, walking with Jesus, it's amazing to know that the Lord expects you to grow and, and search out your giftedness and then be used in that, in that gift. And I'm kind of responsible to, to help with that wherever and however I can be involved. Now this point here, that's conjecture on my part. I have no evidence. But conjecture is what's coming I say that for what's coming, and I'll tell you that right now. Onesimus was eventually called to pastor the church at Ephesus. Philemon would have had to have mentored Onesimus. Paul mentored Timothy also. Paul also, the apostle Paul, led Philemon to Jesus. Because that's why he says, I know you'll do what I say in my letter. You owe me your very life. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Apostle Paul would be a good friend to have uh, on some days. Uh, and then on some days, you would like uh, take your phone off the hook. Oh, that was a long time ago too, wasn't it? When you take your phone off the hook. Okay. Okay, so how do we know this? First of all, we're really getting deep into discipleship. Really deep into discipleship. I'll explain in a moment. But how do we know this about Onesimus was eventually called to pastor? Look at this. Look at this. So great. Ignatius. Say Ignatius. Ignatius. Eh, good name. Somebody's going to have a baby. Ignatius. That's how it works. Was bishop of Antioch. So he's an influential church leader and theologian. He's, 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 he's one of the, uh, the forefathers who had written a, a script to encourage that while it's not in our holy canon, we, we, we see some consistency uh, in documents from these sorts of reps. Ignatius wrote a letter, 110 AD, to the church at Ephesus, addressing several times the pastor of the church as Onesimus. Hooray! This is awesome. The letter is important because it contains one of the few times Onesimus and the letter to Philemon is mentioned by the church fathers. Oh, it's getting better. This was a runaway bondservant who was stealing. I'm out of here. He gets born again, and his life starts to change. People see the potential in him, and his life starts to change. 
Case in point with potential. Oh, my. James, we've been blessed to hear you do the announcements. And when I do them, I say, uh, eh, uh, yeah, um, you know. And you just, like, you come up as that official announcer, like for the world. And uh, it, just, it just flows. So God will take that and we'll build on it. What does God want to do with that? That's, that's what we have here. And we have something. Now, this is going to get really interesting, I'm telling you. Um, well, because I prepared it and you didn't, I can say that. <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, here we go. So uh, he, uh, he frequently refers to the bishop Onesimus and the same time alludes and quotes from the book of Philemon that is likely that their bishop Onesimus is the same person as the runaway slave that Paul writes to Philemon about. Very cool, very cool. Oh my, Onesimus, the bond slave, servant. He was martyred for his faith in Jesus. Runaway slave, stealing, into mischief, catapulted to pastor, now martyred, stayed the course for Christ was later martyred for failing to deny Christ by Roman Emperor Trajan. Oh my goodness! What is it about this Christ that would cause people to do that? You see, in our sanctification and our growth, we're hoping that we'll get a little bit like Onesimus. And we'll go, yeah, I would die for you. But I would say, if I don't have to, though, I'm going to run the other way because I'm really scared. You know what I'm saying? That's the passion. In the United States of America, there's just such a different persecution. And some of us are just, I don't want to encounter that. It's not death, but it makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm the first one to say it does. And you talk about, hi, Jesus loves you. Who? Jesus? It's just awkward. Today is witnessing to the world. You know, it's just that good. Sean, tell us something about Onesimus. Tell us something more. Sean writes to me like really deep things on a text message. And so I like, oh, you got to share that. I would love for you to come up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, anybody here have a name that means something? Like, you know the name, the meaning of your name? You want to share name, the meaning of their name, what it means? Yeah. What's your name mean? David, and it means? The Beloved. I love that. Anyone else have a name that means something that is, that you, yes, your name and what it means. I love that. I love that. Um, we named our son Seth. Seth means appointed. His middle name is Alexander, which means defender of mankind. So a lofty calling there for Seth. The, the appointed defender of mankind. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> so he's only 13, so he's got a lot of growing to do. Um, but this guy, Onesimus, um, I was looking a little bit into his name. In Philemon, uh, one little thing I'll read here. We read it last week, uh, but to remind you, it says, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment, talking about his, uh, you know, having, uh, him becoming a disciple of Christ. And then in parentheses, it says, formerly... He was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. 
And we kind of skipped right past that last week because there's this little thing in parentheses, like what does it mean? Um, in, back in that time, slave names were rather undignified. The names that we just said were pretty dignified names, right? Um, and so you come across these, these um, slave names like uh, Tertian or Quintus, right? And they simply mean third or fifth, right? Can you imagine having a family of five kids like me? And then I, got, I, I give my first son a, a dignified name and my second son is just, you're number two, you're number three. And, hey, number three, you know, this is my son number three over here, right? So anyway, Onesimus, his name simply means useful. That's what his name means. His name means useful. And so this little parenthetical comment that Paul makes here, Paul's a bit of a wordsmith, and so he's playing around with his name and also some of the little double entendre of what this means. He says, formerly he was useless to you. This guy, useful, was useless. He was a useless slave. He ran away. He was disobedient. But now he is useful to me, right? And the implication there is, 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 is interesting because he's still a slave. We remember that Paul sometimes talks about describing himself as a, as a bond servant to Christ, right? And so the picture there is he was a useless slave to you, but now he is useful. Now he's a bond servant of Christ. Isn't that cool? Anyway, all that comes from his name, but because we're reading in another language, being translated to English, we miss these things sometimes. So anyway, I thought that was an interesting little detail. I, I, I thank you for letting me share it. Ah, beautiful. Well, well done. Let's go on here. Paul says, interesting uh, timing, uh, Sean, for this. Paul says that this Onesimus, you call a slave. I've come to know him as a child in the faith. I've been a father to him, and he is son to me. And now he's become useful both to you and to me. Close your eyes for a moment if you feel safe. I want to read something, but I want your eyes to be closed. If they're not closed, there's no penalty. You just don't close them. Imagine that this letter, Paul to Philemon, is about you. Onesimus' name fades out, and yours appears in the text. When you find yourself accepted and restored so completely, you'll become useful to God and to others, accepting them, loving them, and forgiving them. Are we ready to follow Jesus this way? Now, while your eyes are still closed, and we continue with the service. How about the thought of stepping out in faith to share your testimony or to share your story, to share your faith with somebody else as the Bible talks about really understanding the goodness of Christ in your life and a little bit of heaven on earth Think about this, taking someone on for 8 to 16 weeks, meeting once a week or every other week to walk through a study with them, to study a Bible, uh, a book in the Bible, 
Think about these opportunities, these things that are coming right around the corner. Open your eyes, please. Open your eyes. Let me just go on. Erica, I need you to be in a position where everybody can see your head so it's yes or no, okay? Because I'm not making anyone else you come up here. Last Wednesday morning at New Hope, okay, we had a lady walk in. A wonderful lady walk in just, just randomly from the outside. Doesn't happen a whole lot. And uh, she wanted to pray. She wanted to pray at the altar. We've not had that request before. So you can see these two things together, a noble request. So Erica, Erica intercepts, because she's in that first room. The lady walked into the room and uh, had a beautiful conversation with Erica. And we, they talked a little bit, and we were just convinced that, that she needed to go and, and pray. And so, and so we went together, we went together into the sanctuary, the three of us, is that right? Big nod or no? Yeah, good, thank you, okay. Yeah, and so we prayed together. Then we thought it was fitting to, to present the plan of salvation, okay? We, pray, we, we got to do that and, and present the plan of salvation. Um, this, this, this beautiful person uh, with a beautiful prayer together with us prayed to receive Jesus. So, so amen to that. Um, we went back to the office got her a discipleship book, and she's, uh, she told me this morning she's finished with chapter 1. She'll be back Wednesday at 10 to meet with Erica and I again to go through the answers in chapter 1. Now, Maria, would you stand if you wouldn't mind, please? She's here today with us, if we give her a hand right there. We just don't know. And... and, and a lot of times when someone comes in, we've got so much on our mind. It's like, it's like could you help this person? I'm not available. I, I don't really have time. Are you kidding me? This is all I have time for. The other stuff is called task. The other, this is impact. And then, and then, and then Maria and her beautiful, beautiful girls, Maria came to the prayer meeting today, and she prayed with us. And, and, and Donna and myself and Liz, we were just touched. We were touched. So understand, people are all around walking by. And we're like, hey, what's up? What are you wearing? You know what I mean? We have all these things uh, that we think about, except sometimes their spiritual condition. It's just all over the place. Spiritual condition. Gary, one or two minutes. You've been doing this discipleship book the one that Maria is now doing, that many of you have done, the one that we're kind of graduating from and just moving on from. Share a little bit about what the book's done with you and how has it impacted you, if at all. Sorry, it really wasn't supposed to be the bald guy show. (laughs) 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 But that's what it is. Um, So, yeah, um, you ever get, like, really hungry and then you end up making a poor decision and you go to McDonald's? I know some of you might not admit it, but uh, Jim Gaffigan has a good bit about McDonald's, and uh, we all have our own McDonald's, but I do, and I used to be able to eat McDonald's, and, and Dwayne knows this, and I could, you know, throw down like four double cheeseburgers, no problem. The older I've gotten, that doesn't work so well. You get about halfway through, and then you realize this was a mistake, you know what I mean? Um, and then do you ever eat something that is good for you and 
you marry, like at first you're not so excited about it. You're like, okay, I'll get the fish and the vegetables. You go to the restaurant, you really want the hamburger, but you get the, the salmon and the, and the steamed veggies. And you eat it and you feel really good afterwards. And you're like, I am really glad I did that. I'll do that next time. And the next time you go get the Western bacon cheeseburger or whatever. Right? But anyway, um, that kind of connects with uh, doing this uh, study because we as a family have purpose to do this study of the call to follow Christ together. And, uh, and Carrie and I are, we get grumpy when we don't have time together with the kids, especially Carrie. We like serving. Where is Evie? Where's, where's Winnie at? Eden, you know, get in here. And then we just, you know, get them in the same room with us. Um, and it's funny because, you know, we can spend time together as a family, you know, watching like TV or something, which we do. And that's, you know, that's okay in, you know, small doses, right? We, right now it's Loki. I don't know if anyone's watching that, but we're hooked on it. Um, but, uh, but it was, it's so much better when we spend time together as a family in God's word. And, you know, sometimes maybe we're like, oh, we just want to sit down and watch TV. I mean, that's the flesh, right? I mean, that's what happens. But we're like, no, we're going to we're gonna sit down and we're going to do this. And then about halfway through, I'm like, I'm really glad we did this. You know, it's like eating that salmon and those vegetables. It like is going down a lot better. And at the end, you feel a lot better, you know. So um, it's just been a blessing to us. And I was just thinking, I mean, God has good gifts for his children, amen. And he knows what's best for us. He knows what we really need. And, um, you know, he gives us our daily bread. We're to pray for that, right? So we're praying for our needs for the day. And, you know, so much of our needs is his word, right? That bread that we need, the bread of life. And it's just, uh, it's just so awesome to experience that on a day-to-day basis. So anyway, just wanted to tell you. As we, uh, we kind of turn for home here, this is a lot of what we get to do to challenge each other today. This is the, the kind of encouragement that the Lord gives us that we can be affirmed in our call to be and do his purposes. Jesus' last words to his disciples before ascending to sit at the right hand of the Father. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's to all of us. That's to all of us. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Last messages are important. People remember them often. What's the last thing he said? What's the last thing she said? Those are easily remembered. And so this is by design something that was made to stick with us. Therefore, go and make disciples. We're just, we're just, we can't say enough about the fact that we want to make disciples, make disciples. And in church, how often do you focus on you reproducing yourself to make another disciple, to get somebody else further along in their belief or to get them to a place of believing? And so this is the challenge. This is the challenge. 
it's, it's, it's to the whole church. It's not just to the leadership. It's not just to males, uh, females. It's to, it's, it's, to, it's to anyone who can process and listen and understand because that's the witness we have once indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It's so cool. It's so cool. So look at this. Witness to the world. Tell somebody your story. Christ came in your life. Whoa. Christ came in your life. Tell somebody about that. I don't want to. Okay, get to a point where you're meeting with somebody. Then watch the Holy Spirit work to prick your heart to be able to tell somebody about that. And you'll leave that establishment or that room and you'll be on cloud nine. That was an old saying too. But you'll be on some cloud that's just like, oh my goodness. Because here's the thing. Tell your story. You'll find blessing, God's blessing on this earth, a little heaven on earth right now. And there's plenty of people that need your story. Plenty of people. 1,500 people walk through Trunk or Treat. A lot of them don't know Jesus. Don't know Jesus. And so, and so we're placed strategically here to tell our story. How about this? Cultivate relationships. It's in the discipleship book, but it's so important. This is the value. You go, well, I leave a track. Good, good. That's about 10, 15% effective. Cultivate relationships, 80, 90, 100%. Get in relationship with people. Hang out with people. I probably bother some of you a little bit too much to go out. But it's, it's something where you do life together. You do community together. This is the design. Okay, there is, there is. I'm going to admit it. There is. There is one thing that could get in the way of these two awesome things. There is one thing. Brace yourself. Brace yourself. I don't know. This may upset some of you. But there is one thing that can get in the way of, of these two awesome practices to, to reach people for Jesus. An orangutan sitting across from you or sitting to the, aside from you going, nope. That's it. Nothing else. You want to cultivate relationships? It's just, I mean, this is, people can't take this. You go, I'm too busy, I'm too busy. I got to tell you, I've been too busy for a long time to do things, and God has a way, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6, to slow us down, (laughs) to make us lie down in green pastures when you're just too busy. He has a way. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it's gentle, but it smarts. It smarts. So if you're just so busy, and the things of the Lord are just, they're just not even there, just not even something that you really want to pursue, um, ask Jesus, 1 John 1, 9. Confess that. Jesus, I'm sorry for that mindset. That's not pleasing to you. I'm not receiving much blessing, spiritual help in my life. I need to start walking towards you and maybe cultivating relationships so I can enter in with somebody and lead them to you or talk positively about you would be really tremendous for my life. Yeah, yeah, that. How easy is it to tell someone about the gospel? Anybody do see a... Uh, on your phone, you version. Anybody look at you version occasionally besides me? Thank you. Thank you. We've got two people. 
Uversion has an app, and it has daily devotions. And the other day, this, 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 this gal presented the gospel, presented the how to receive Jesus so simply, I had to capture it. So, so of course, as any good pastor does, you take other people's ideas, and you use them. And, uh, but you give them the credit, and you'll see her in a minute. Romans 10, 9, and 10. So you're meeting with somebody, you're telling them your testimonial, you cultivated the relationship with them. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So that's why we say, let's pray with you to receive Jesus. You want to receive Jesus? You know you're a sinner. You know you need salvation. You need his free gift of eternal life. I'll lead you in a prayer because that's that confessing part. Okay? And so look at this in the Old Testament, Genesis 15, verse 6. <laughs> uh, this is talking about who? Yeah, Avram. Okay? And so, and so with, with Abram, and, uh, um, or, or Abram, uh, and he believed the Lord, and it counted to him as righteousness. Same requirement from the Old Testament to the New Testament about being born again. Faith and trust in Christ, in Yahweh. They just had a different way of showing that they did that in the Old Testament by making sacrifices at the temple for their sins to show they were on par for their belief in Yahweh. Oh, God doesn't get it. It's not confusing. Take a gander at this gal and how she presents it, and you go, that was kind of good. My name is Amy Stockstill, and I'm Hi, the founder Amy. of Let's Echo. Did you know there's only two simple things needed in order to be saved? Romans 10, 10 makes it clear that there's just two simple steps. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. When you believe in your heart that Jesus came and died for you, you are justified. That means that all of your sins are wiped away. And when you believe in your heart, then you can openly declare all the things that God has done for you. So the declaration of faith proves that you believe in Jesus. Today, if you believe in him, I want to challenge you to openly and boldly declare that he is your savior. So when you lead somebody to pray to receive Jesus, you just have that intimate moment. Uh, Jesus, I accept you into my heart to pay my sin debt. Um, and they repeat that prayer. When you confess that, you already have a heart regeneration that's taken place. You're just letting, letting the person with you know and confirming for yourself, yeah, I did just invite Jesus. I'm trusting him alone for my salvation. I mean, it's really easy. It's really easy when we do this. So let's go. In your, in your outline, I've got some verses for you. Because when you sit down, you don't just want to say that. You want to say a couple other things. Check it out here. All have sinned. You want people to know all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, right? Yeah, Romans 3.23. And, um, and uh, yeah, very powerful. That the free gift of eternal life comes in Christ. Romans 6.23. 
And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Baptism doesn't save you. It's a product where we, we take an inward decision and you make it outward for the church to say, I believe in Jesus, this is my sign. But repentance, when you come to Jesus, you actually realize, you actually realize, point blank, you're like, well, I want to follow him. I choose to follow him. I'm going to turn my back on everything world, and I'm going to follow Jesus. Now you're going to leave church and mess that up. But God knew that too. God knew that too. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't get better in Christ till the Holy Spirit starts to work. And that's when you're born again. You're indwelt by the Holy Spirit. Sealed, mind you, Ephesians chapter 4, and uh, not to be lost. So that's kind of cool. When you trust Jesus to save you, you can trust him to impute all your sins to him. And his righteousness to you. So Jesus, I asked you in my heart. I got to give you all my nasties and naughtiness. And you gave me your righteousness to work in and through me to bless others. What a trade. What a remarkable trade. Yep, that's Jesus right there. That you can't be saved by your works. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be so good. I'm going to be so good that I'm going to come to church. It's going to be great. No, 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 no. We're a mess apart from Christ. Sometimes we're a mess in Christ because we live in a messy world and we love messy people and we ourselves are messy because I'm first and I know it. Okay, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Powerful. And just as people are destined to die once, and after that comes judgment. So you want to get with Christ on this side of death. You want to get with Christ on this side. Uh, mucho importante for that. You want to receive Jesus now. And then not die first. Because you die, and then there's judgment. Ugh. And then finally, salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So if you are here and you don't have Jesus, this is your chance to, to, to come up and learn about him or to stay after church and come up and learn about him. Don't leave earth without him. You're like, well, I'm not going to die today. Okay, you probably won't. But we don't know. God only knows the day. Because you've been given, according to Psalms 139, a specific number of days. So you want to be, you want to heed that and understand that. So in just a, a little bit, while our musicians come up, um, I've got just one last thing to talk about before we give you a, re, a chance to respond. And that's uh, here, our challenge after we finish this discipleship training. Begin praying for... So this is where we're going. This is where we're going as a church. And uh, this is what you have the opportunity to do. The next opportunity that we will have is to find somebody who doesn't know Jesus or somebody searching or newly saved or somebody in life that's bored, somebody who's bored, somebody who is unmotivated,
okay? Somebody who's an ex or an excited believer and make a commitment with them to meet eight times over the next two to four months with them, once a week or every two weeks. So you see, everybody is just going to be challenged to say to find someone, to find someone who doesn't know about Jesus and to start pouring into their life. Or if they know about Jesus, help them to grow in their commitment and quest to be like Jesus. That's going to be that's going to be our task after next week. If you want to, if you want to, I will order extra discipleship books. If you choose to take somebody through the brown book, you already have yours filled out. You already have yours filled out. And so, but I'll get that, I'll get that for you and uh, and I'll get that for you at no charge. Uh, the discipleship book, if you want to use it with somebody, and you'll do that. Or feel free to study a book of the Bible like Mark or John with someone. Finally, if you start out meeting with someone only for prayer, this could be a huge beginning. So it's like, of all the churches that I've been to, nobody stops and say, reproduce yourself. Reproduce yourself. There's heaven blessing. Come down spiritually if we'll reproduce ourselves and others. And it's the hardest thing to do. You'll get, you'll, get, you'll get demons knocking at your door saying, don't do it. You don't have time. You're not qualified. They're going to be bored. They're going to think you're funny. You're ridiculous. It's going it's to just, it's going to bombard you. Because this is the one thing that changes the game in people's lives. So in a few moments, if you need to have a relationship with Jesus, Liz, my wife, would you come up, please? If you need to have a relationship with Jesus, come up and meet my wife. James, come up. If you need to meet Jesus, come up and, and, uh, and, and meet James in a few moments. Or Ken. And they'll walk you through how to start a relationship with Jesus. But if, you're, if you have something else you want to deal with, and you need to just come to the altar and pray. Bypass us. It'd be like, no, no, no. You just bypass us and go pray at the altar. If God's calling you to do that. Because he's not calling me to tell you to do that. No, he needs to call you to do that. Or finally, if you're in the boat that I am, I'm going to be looking for people to mentor. I'm going to be looking for people to go through Brown Book with. Erica and I have one on Wednesday that we're starting with but I want more. I want more people to do that with. If you have question about that and going, I don't see any way this is going to happen. <laughs> Not on your best day. Then come and join me and we'll just, we'll just pray. We'll just huddle and pray. Because I want, I want people I can connect with who need that kind of encouragement. You may need it too. And you may find the person that you get that the Lord provides for you takes you to a place spiritually that you can't even give enough thanks for. And so, and so, and so, as the kids come back in, you move according to anything that we've asked in Jesus' name.